You are listening to episode 311 of the Tennis Files podcast on how to grow the game of tennis with Marco Impedulia. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey there, this is Mirban, your host, and I hope you're doing well and playing a lot of tennis and improving your game. And today I have an interview with Marco Impedulia. Uh, I've actually been serving with Marco on our Montgomery County Tennis Association board really cool guy. He actually joined recently and he has a really cool and diverse set of experiences in the game of tennis. He has been a USPTA certified tennis instructor and obviously coached tennis for a while. Uh, he's also on the business side. He just recently bought Tennis Topia, which is a, is a fantastic tennis shop in our local region here in Maryland. Uh, he also owns uh, Pros to You, which is a premier all-in-one racket sports provider in the Mid-Atlantic region. So we'll talk about that as well, which is really cool business and also can potentially give you some ideas, especially if you're in your, a different region of <laughs> the U.S. or other you know, country or wherever else on what maybe you can do in the future. And yeah, and he also uh, helps run Montgomery Tennis Plex. Uh, so hopefully I got all that right there, Marco. But <laughs> Marco is a very uh, knowledgeable guy. And we talk about a bunch of different aspects of the game. Most importantly, how to grow the game of tennis. Marco is involved with both tennis and pickleball, the latter, which certainly can be a bit contentious in the tennis world. I know I have that ego myself about tennis and favoring it heavily over pickleball, but uh, it is, you know, a good outlet for others as well. So yeah, um, we talk about that. We talk about, again, you know, some things that coaches can do to further their careers. And it's a very fun and interesting discussion with a very friendly guy. So uh, Marco, appreciate you coming on and hope you enjoy this one. So without further ado, here is my interview with Marco Impedulia. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I have with me Marco Impedulia on the show. It's really a pleasure and an honor to have Marco on. Uh, it's it's been pretty cool, uh, you know, meeting you uh, somewhat recently, Marco. You know, being on the MCTA board and things like that. So, yeah, how's everything going for you? Going great. I mean, it's the summertime here in the in the DC area, so it is uh, tennis, 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 and pickleball. So we are just uh, it's kind of our Super Bowl season. Uh, running tennis programming, selling tennis rackets and pickleball paddles and doing all our summer camps. So it's been fun so far. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been having a lot of um, tennis actually like get get rained out because, as you know, the, in the D.C. area, there's all these thunderstorms, just unpredictable and things like that. Uh, speaking of tennis and pickleball, um, what are what's the sales like in between, you know, those two? Like I'm wondering you know, are you, are you selling like more pickleball stuff than tennis now, or is it pretty even or the other way around? Well, you know, I just acquired tennis topia a couple months ago and I thought coming in tennis is going to just be the, the powerhouse, you know, we're going to be selling a lot of rackets and 
doing a lot of stringing, which we are, and it's definitely still number one, but Good. there's that new sport uh, <laughs> catching up and it's pickleball and pickleball paddles are right behind tennis racket sales. So it's, it's great to see we've embraced it. We've actually extended our pickleball line in paddle selection uh, from we had used to have like four or five different brands. Now we have up to 10. So we're embracing it. It's it's definitely not going away. And we love the, you know people going in the store and, you know, if it's a tennis racket or a pickleball paddle, you know, for us, it's the same. It's a it's a it's same type of player. So we're really knowledgeable too. our staff is fantastic. They know pickleball paddles. They know tennis rackets. So pickleball is growing it's growing so much that we even added a mini pickleball court at Tennistopia. It's 10 feet mm -hmm. wide, 22 feet long, uh, and we're using that as a demo court for pickleball only. You can't use it for tennis. Uh, and it's been a huge success. You know, people are coming in, they want to try one or two different paddles over five, 10 minutes, and they get to dink and do their shots over the, the new mini pickleball court there. And you know, it's it's really beneficial on the sales side because people are coming in and, and buying paddles because of that. Yeah, it makes sense, Mark. I mean, I have to admit, you know, my ego hates to hear it, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's uh, it's great in terms of like providing another um, racket sport to, to everybody. But um, obviously a heavily favorite tennis over here. But yeah, I, I'm curious about, um, you know, your journey with like the tennis shop area, as we'll touch upon you, you have uh, many skill sets in terms of like the different facets of, of tennis business, right. which is super cool. And uh, we're very to ha happy to have you here uh, helping us out with all that. But in terms of like the tennis shop side, what have been maybe um, some su surprises or um, trials and tribulations or anything like that, that you've had with the tennis shop side? Because, um, you know, we've had some individuals working in shops and uh, it's just a, a interesting area that we don't touch upon too much on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, tennis topia, really the the transition of the old ownership to the new ownership i think the the main component was inventory buy inventory be up to date with your vendors the bobolot the wilson the technofiber the head and making sure that you're getting the new best racket the new best product the new best equipment so it's really being up to date with that having that open communication line with your reps and making sure that your order is correct because you know once they once you make that order and they're all sold out it's tough to get new ones so that's been a learning progress and making sure that you know you've got a you know upfront that that cash to buy that inventory with hopes that you can sell it later so it's a definitely a different model than you know tennis teaching or pickleball teaching and uh, the program side of things, which I'm used to. So that's been kind of the transition is making sure that we're not taking the back seat when it comes to what is the next best tennis or pickleball toy. You know, we're, we're buying it and we're buying a lot of it. And so that's my motto. And that's what I told my staff at Tennistopia. I don't want to see anything empty on the slap walls. I don't want to see anything empty in the, in the, uh, in the shoe area. I want to make sure that when people come in, they see a full wide, fully stocked store full of different tennis and pickleball paddles and shoes and apparel. So that's been, um, 
that's been a work in progress and it's great to see and we're, and we're there now you know after about three months we're there and you know we can say that we have every single item and if we don't we'll get it for you the next day so that's been a transition is always keeping up with the inventory um so but other than that it's been awesome it's been really great having that store yeah good stuff marco have you had any like funny mishaps in terms of like ordering mm-hmm. something getting something else or not getting something on time or anything like that with inventory? oh yeah i ordered uh, a couple things twice <laughs> thinking because uh. you know you come in you have to do these different applications and reapply and there's orders that were put on hold and so yeah there were a couple times where i uh uh, have like 40 to 50 pairs of Nike shoes. And then a day later, another 40 to 50 pairs of the exact same Nike shoes. So I've done that once or twice, but other than that, Hey, we're, like I said, we're well stocked. We've got a lot of, uh, a lot of different items there. So yeah, that's been a little work in progress because there's so many vendors that we deal with. So like up to 20 and there's so many different orders, you know, some vendors are talking about, you know, spring 2024 line where I'm like, what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. there's a, there's a lot of moving parts there and it's just kind of work in progress. I'm getting used to the timeline of how vendors roll out the new product. So yeah, I did order a couple uh, items multiple times over the last few months, but it's all good. All right. You're a busy man. You have like 800,000 businesses, so it's all good. <laughs> and, and, and well, I don't know if you could say this really, but like, are there any particular brands that are dominating in the in the tennis uh space or i don't know if you can reveal um for you dominating all brands are great we okay. love all brands um, okay nice nice all brands all brands have have their strengths mm. all brands have their their weakness and the awesome part about it is that they know that too so they know what moves the needle you know if it's a a, a racket or strings or even apparel and my goal with owning Tennis Topia is to make sure that we can bring in all the legitimate brands that we can and have them understand that, yes, we might not carry a lot of your rackets, but you're so strong in apparel and strings and we'll carry that. Whereas another brand is unbelievable in racket sales, but I tell them, hey, you know, I want to maybe take a back seat on your string. So we want to make sure that we're sharing the wealth and making sure that all the vendors are welcoming at the Tennis Topia store. But yeah, there are there are brands that are that are very successful in racket sales, whereas some maybe not so much, but they're super successful in strings, mm. which is, you know, a huge, you know, revenue stream from for, for us as you can imagine. So, even the same thing for for pickleball paddle, you know, a lot of tennis equipment companies are now tapping into creating pickleball paddles and they're trying their best and some are super successful so we're embracing that as well even on the pickleball scene um but yeah we love all our brands yeah no that that's <laughs> that's great good yeah. answer good answer <laughs> yeah yeah bablat you know i use their uh, rackets and they sent me a couple paddles a while back and um yeah it was interesting to see like you know the biggest brands going into pickleball so it's a sign of what's going on so Marco, I mean, everybody has uh, seems to have like a really cool um, story about how they got into tennis. I'm curious about um, your journey into you know how you got into this fantastic sport. Uh, well, my older brother he started it. You know, my parents were like, "Hey, Roberto, what do you want to play?" And he said, "Let's play tennis." So when he was, uh, I think, ten years old is when he started playing tennis, which is you know, on the older side a little bit. 
but he started playing. And then of course my dad and my mom were like, okay, well, if you're playing tennis, so is Marco. And so is my younger brother, Carlos. So we all started playing tennis, you know, Roberto at 10, me at seven, Carlo at four. Uh, Carlo is probably the better tennis player of us, uh, of us three brothers, because he did start at a young age. So I do tell people, try all sports when you're under the age of 10, 11. Um, but clearly, if you start tennis at such a young age, developing that hand-eye coordination at four years old, I mean, you're going to reap a lot of the rewards as you get older. So we started at a young age. Um, we started teaching at, uh, sorry, we started playing at Georgetown Prep Tennis Club and at Aspen Hill Club. And oh, yeah. uh, it's been it's been great. You know, and we played high school. We played USTA Mid-Atlantic. Uh, I went to Dickinson College where I played a year there and then I transferred over to Maryland. I hung up my uh, playing rackets and I started teaching um, at local country clubs and tennis facilities in the D.C. area So while I was in college. So tennis has been in my blood ever since I was a young age, played tennis all my life and now you know working in the tennis industry um, ever since college. So that's kind of how it all it all started. Didn't make it big, but uh, made it good enough to play, you know, junior tournaments and college for a year. And uh, but I still try to play as much as I can. It's tough with uh, with a family now and two young kids. But I try to get on the tennis court or pickleball court as much as possible. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, just like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us, you know, in the end, it's it's for fun and uh, love of the sport. So, uh, Marco, you mentioned obviously that you, um, you know, you taught tennis for a while. Um, any, um, I guess, like lessons learned because that that can be really a, a journey too. I mean, even just doing it a little bit at myself at, at a, a couple clubs seemed like quite quite the grind. So, I mean, any like thoughts or like a summary of like how that was for you and any like rough spots or any advice for uh for other aspiring uh tennis coaches yeah i mean i i started you know i got first of all i learned a lot from my my mentors you know on the tennis coaching side of things you know john adams at georgetown prep lee adams who was the former director at chevy chase country club both brothers uh that's kind of where really where i started getting my tennis teaching career going. And so uh, dealing with country club members or dealing with just, you know, the, the Georgetown Prep Tennis Club, two different worlds. So it's all about communication. That's kind of how I learned from it. You know, communication, communication, communication. The better you communicate to your client, your player, uh, the more they'll get out of it. Um, and positive feedback. You know, it's it's a grind, like you said, being on court six, seven, eight hours a day outside in this summer heat. I remember that. And it was like <laughs> my motivation and my feedback kind of dwindled down into positive to negative after the six, seven hours. And so it's always kind of, you know, making sure that every hour you get a new client, you get a new player on the court. So, you know, it might be their first second on the court. It might be your sixth hour on the court but you got to make sure that they're having a good time right from the start. So that's kind of the main thing is communication and always positive reinforcement and, and being motivated to, to teach your, your player of all levels. And so, you know, and you know, that's kind of where I started. And then I started creating a business out of it mm-hmm. uh, and tapping into local swim and tennis clubs, which there are a lot in the DMV area. 
Uh, I think there's close to 110 swim and tennis clubs. And so I started, you know, pitching my services to them, you know, tennis lessons, summer camp, and it just started growing over the last 10, 11 years um, and started my own business. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, um, got some very interested thoughts about your business now. So pros to you, tennis. Um, can you walk us through, I guess, a little bit more in detail about like how that idea came about? So I, I worked at College Park um, mm-hmm. with Vesa Panka and Ray Benton. Yeah, All, great guy. awesome. Yeah, great guy. I mean, top two mentors I've, I've had both Vesa on the court and running and building a program and Ray off the court in the business side of tennis. And so I was there for four years, great time, experienced and witnessed a lot of cool things. Francis Tiafo was a junior player there. So watching him grow and all the other top junior players was really awesome to, to witness and experience as an employee at, at College Park Tennis Club. And so during the end of that career, I was thinking about you know, what are some ways where we can really tap into different areas of the DC market, Bethesda, Potomac, McLean, Alexandria. So I was thinking, you know, how can our pros go to you? You know, there's a, there's, this is what these swimming tennis clubs have the infrastructure of tennis courts or pickleball courts, uh, a swimming pool, which is always a huge asset in this area, as you know, and membership you know, 300, 400, 500, 600 members. So they have everything laid out. They're just looking for a tennis service provider. And so that's kind of towards the end of College Park. I was thinking, you know, what if this business can can be something? Like, what if I go to a swimming tennis club in Bethesda and pitch my tennis service? I have tennis teaching background. I now have developed with the business background with Ray and Vesa. Why, how, why can I not start this? And I pitched, created a proposal got one club, got another club. And then once I reached for swimming tennis clubs, I started hiring a team. So that's kind of how it all started, you know, and there's so many tennis courts out here in the DC area or in the Mid-Atlantic region or in the East Coast or in the country that are not being utilized, both to grow the game of tennis, to get more people on the tennis courts, but also on the financial side of things like they're, you're not, they're, a lot of people aren't making money on their courts when they can. So there's a lot of opportunities there for a tennis coach like me, you know, to create a business, have a service agreement with the club and market and provide tennis services at that facility. And they can be seasonal facilities. You know, Pros to You Tennis is a seasonal organization where we just cater to just over 20 swimming tennis clubs from April through November, as you you know, know there's a winter here, unfortunately. So, and we try to maximize the outdoor tennis programming season here. And we offer, like I say, everything in the kitchen sink, you know, lessons, clinics, leagues, tournaments, camps, uh, events, pickleball and tennis. So that's kind of how it all started and how, you know, I think there's a lot more potential for any other tennis coach out there to create their own business and, you know, and have that type of pros to you tennis model if they want in their area, um, because it's not hard to do. 
Yeah, that's such a cool uh, idea and, you know, kudos for that, obviously. So I guess kind of alluding to what you said, I mean, do you know of like any other areas in the United States that that do this? And like, are, is, is it mostly like, you know, a, a ton of areas like within the U.S. where this is not being done, I guess? Yeah, I mean, there's not that many areas have that swim and tennis club seasonal, uh, you know, model like we have in the D.C. market. Uh, but I know, you know, Philadelphia, New Jersey area, they have those swim and tennis clubs. Mm. I know there's some in Florida as well. I'm not too familiar with the Midwest or the or the West Coast, but even even country clubs. We pros to you tennis, we manage a country club too uh, in this area. So it doesn't have to be that swim and tennis club model. It could be country clubs. It could be indoor facilities. It could that's looking for a new tennis service provider. Um, it could be anything, you know, if, if they're not, you know, if they're not being serviced. So, you know, it, I think there's every area in the country has different types of, you know, tennis facilities, either seasonal or year round, um, you know, in this area and along the mid Atlantic region, we have those swim and tennis clubs. But again, there are a lot of country clubs all over the country that potentially are looking for a full service tennis and pickleball provider that anybody can, you know, create a proposal and pitch it to them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, as you've gotten more swim and tennis clubs under your belt, I mean, have you, do you like constantly keep having to expand like the number of coaches that you have? Yeah. I mean, with every club, we got to look to hire more people. So, you know, we have right now 20 full-time employees, that work mm. year round for pros to tennis. And then we have up to a hundred seasonal hourly employees, you know, clearly in the summertime it increases because of our summer camp counselors, but yeah, it's, you know, for every swim and tennis club or any tennis facility we get, we got to add, you know, more staff. So they go through our training process, our curriculum development process, and uh, we get them all packaged up and geared up and ready to hit the court. So yeah, I mean that's that's great too. I mean, it's tennis is such a small community, especially in this area that we're in. So it's been great collaborating and hiring a really good staff that knows so many people in the tennis community in in the D, DMV area. So yeah, it's been it's been awesome to watch, you know. And that's kind of my job now. It's you know making sure I take care of my staff and making sure that you know whatever needs or resources they need to be successful on the tennis court or pickleball court, I'm there to provide that for them. So yeah, we have a, we have a pretty big, uh, pretty big company now. And so we're looking to continue to grow, you know, where we added some really great hires uh, over the last few months that, you know, I think we're in a good position to continue to grow in the DMV area. Yeah, no, that, that's really fantastic. And yeah, in terms of, um, you know, the, the programs there that you have, I guess, is it, how do you do the, the marketing aspect of it? Cause obviously you have like, you know, the staff on your side, but then like, how about the, you know, getting the actual, um, you know, campers or participants there? Like, how does that work? Is that like, does a club do that or do you help them market it or do you do it on your own with your staff? Yeah. I mean, at, at first it's really dependent on the club. You know, like I mentioned mm. before, they have, they've got the courts, they've got the facilities and they have the membership. So really tapping onto the club and making sure that you're creating the marketing materials for them to push it out either through social media or email blast or newsletters. That's the main thing. 
that's the vital component of how pros deal with being successful is really partnering with the boards at these swimming tennis clubs so they can push out the material. And then from there, they register through our database. We have their contact information, and then it kind of flows. So it's really dependent on the swimming tennis clubs and their membership base. And then from there, it becomes word of mouth. A lot of the clubs are open to allowing non-members there or members guest. So it's word of mouth, and then it kind of just spreads. Yeah, we do some social media, but we really don't do any paid marketing or advertising. We used to do that, you know, a few years ago, but not anymore. So it's really making sure that you want to go to these swim and tennis clubs because they're all a lot of volunteer boards. Even the country clubs are volunteer boards that Mm. you're providing a full service for them. So you're providing the content, the programming, the email blast drafts. A lot of stuff to make sure that they don't have to do that much. It's, you know, we're providing all services on how to roll out a tennis and pickleball program. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool stuff. Um, Very important. And then in terms of, um, I know you mentioned that, you know, there's an opportunity for, you know, coaches like, like how you were to, to um, create their own business. So like, do you, are you suggesting that they kind of like mimic this type of, I guess, format and, and where they, they offer clubs for them to like do the program, like run the programs. Is that kind of what you're saying? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, okay. it's, it's, a, it's as easy as that. I mean, it's either, you know, they can go and pitch their services to a club that might be looking for a tennis service and, mm-hmm. you know, get in the door with those boards and having those meetings and seeing what transpires from there. I'm more than happy to, to provide any support that they might need. You know, there's an administrative support. There is, there's a lot more things than, than just tennis teaching. Um, that's the thing. It's, I, I wish it was sometimes as easy as, all right, I got this club. I'm on the court. I'm waiting for these people to show up. It's, <laughs> it's, that is, that's step number 35 out of the first 34 steps. So um, there is a, you know, administrative component to it to get to that final stage which is providing on-court tennis teaching service so it, it is it's something that you know i a lot of coaches i think can do that um some might need additional support um especially on the admin, admin side but yeah i mean i'm i'm more than help, willing to help anybody that's you know outside the dc market that's looking for somewhere in florida or new york or new jersey or arizona they want to get their feet wet we can provide that support for them oh that's super cool very awesome yeah it, it's it's really interesting because there are you know quite a few tennis pros that um you know reached out to like me or maybe like other um you know online tennis uh coaches and what whatnot and and they just have like a yearning to um you know be more entrepreneurial and things like that but then they don't know like they're not that great with the tech, you know, in terms of like, you know, we advise them, Oh, try try making a YouTube channel, making courses or, or whatnot, but they're not really comfortable with that. So this could be another great way to, uh, for them to kind of explore that yearning for the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial side. Um, so that, that is yeah. super cool. I guess shifting a little bit, uh, it, to just tennis in general. I mean, you're, 
it, it's it's awesome you know how much you're basically promoting the game and, and helping it and helping these clubs with their um, tennis population and, and pickleball as well introducing coco golf's signature shoe more than just a tennis shoe it's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette it's designed to enhance speed and power on the court the multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out the coco cg1 empowers you to dominate the game learn more and purchase the coco cg1 at newbalance.com when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply but what do you think how do you think that that we can just in general like help grow the game uh, of tennis and and um you know uh prevent you know people from to from going to to other sports make it fun mm. make it fun and make sure you offer again like I mentioned before everything in the kitchen sink if <laughs> any any opening for a potential tennis player to be like ah oh, that doesn't fit because of the time or because of the day or because of the specific type of program. No, that's my model. That's what I tell my team. We want to push tennis. We want to make sure we get more people on the court, make it fun and offer it. If little Johnny has four friends and this is the time that only works, let's make it happen. And our team has that mindset too, that, you know, whatever we push out, isn't the final say, you know, our schedule of times and programming, that's a skeleton. That's not the main thing. If people come in for ask for suggestions or feedback, we embrace that. And again, we don't have one club that it's easy. We have over 20 clubs. We also manage Montgomery tennis plex, which is a 12 indoor court year round facility in Germantown, Maryland, where again, we have that mindset. So if we can do it, I think anybody else can. Um, you know, we even cross state lines with different types of you know restrictions and laws. So it's like we we want to make sure that every tennis potential player is one having a great time. You know, be creative with your with your program. You know, be creative with the next best toy. Like I mentioned at the Tennis Topia side with paddles and rackets. Uh, be creative with your curriculum. You know, spice it up every week. Give out stickers for rewards. I mean, ten and under kids love that. So it's there's so many small, super easy things that that you can do to increase the participation of tennis. Because unfortunately, it's an individual sport that's not going to change. So when four, five, six, seven kids come to you make it a team sport for that one hour or two hours mm. you teach make it a competition because when they leave that's what they're going to remember the team component of tennis is huge and i know usta is trying so hard to do that and i completely support that because that's really what it is you know i have a four-year-old daughter who she does ballet and she loves it but she sees that kind of individual component when she does those classes and then she does soccer, which is a complete free-for-all. 
a soccer ball, 30 kids on a grassy patch, and she is like all gun ho about soccer just because she's with a group of people trying to accomplish one thing and she's having a good time. And so I think tennis is a, it's, it's challenging. You know, we're giving a sport that is challenging to grow in this time with so many other sports popping up and the team aspects getting stronger and stronger and stronger in other sports that we have to make sure as tennis instructors that one, we make it fun and we spice up the drills and the practices every week. And two, with that group of kids or even group of adults too, make it a team oriented type of curriculum, you know, for that hour or two. I, and that's what we do at, at, at our, at our camps. That's what we do at our programs where we're a team oriented curriculum based organization. That's what it is. We work together as a team on the back end. We work together as a team on the front end and we try to translate that into our curriculum when it comes to teaching junior and adult tennis players. So it's not it's not easy like that's for sure it's not easy it is challenging but that's that's the main thing you know and just communication you know if you have other coaches that you work with bounce ideas off them you know we have an awesome staff we have an awesome whatsapp text chain that so many coaches bounce ideas or toys or different types of drills they do that you know that it's all about that spicing things up every week especially for 10 and under tennis players you know if you really want to grow the game it's all about 10 and under so it's making sure that you're giving that you're going that extra mile on reinforcing team and fun curriculum so that that's kind of the you know that's again that's my model like i think that that's the way to go coaching is important you know again knowing the x's and o's knowing how to teach a forehand super important however there are other things to grow the game of tennis that are easy to do and that's you know that's what i just you know mentioned before so yeah that's kind of my thoughts yeah on it. yeah super good advice marco thanks you know just make it more fun uh you know fun drills give out prizes make it more team oriented uh be flexible yeah. with the timings coaches things like that um brainstorm yep. with other, other coaches that's great in terms of <laughs> tennis versus pickleball going back to that what do you hear from you know, customers and, and players in regards to any conversations surrounding them, you know, preferring one sport over the other in terms of uh, tennis and pickleball. I think we'd be very curious as to hear what, what you're hearing about that. Yeah, I, th- I think we're, we're hearing the older players are converting from tennis to pickleball or um, even players that have never touched a tennis racket like my parents they weren't tennis players. They never play tennis. They never will play tennis. But now they play pickleball three or four times a week. Wow. Um, and they're, you know, in their mid to late 60s. Uh, the movement isn't there, but they can get to a pickleball. They can rally. They can play a point. They can play a game. They can play a match. That right there would never happen for them on the tennis side ever Mm. so meaning no fun (laughs) they're having fun on the pickleball side so it's very simple on you know and i'm sorry i'm uh throwing my mom and dad uh, here but i'm using them as an example that there never were tennis players tennis supporters love tennis and spent a lot of money on the kids on on tennis however when it comes to them playing 
they never played tennis because they never were good enough and it was challenging and it wasn't fun for them. Pickleball picked up last year and my dad and my mom are freaks when it comes to it, which is great to see because they're getting a nice workout. They're hanging out with their friends and sisters and brothers. And so it's, it's a, it's a good thing to see. And that's, that's it right there. That's why I think pickleball exists right there, that right there. And that's not competition with tennis. Because guess what? My mom and dad were never going to play tennis. So that, that I think is the biggest group of folks. Now, are tennis players leaving tennis to play pickleball? I don't think it's a complete, you know, rip band-aid off, see you later tennis. I do know a lot of people that are playing both sports, uh, which is totally fine. Especially the older folks that the movement gets a little bit harder for them. Clearly there's more movement on tennis than pickleball. That's, you know, well documented. So, you know, maybe people with some, you know, knee problems or back problems might have to eventually hang up the tennis rackets and, and do the pickleball uh, sport, which is again, totally fine too. But I also see pickleball really trying to go young, which I understand that, you know, we're trying to go young on the tennis side and we're trying to grow the sport. So I, I just don't know where that is yet. It's still kind of the wild, wild west on how that's going to transpire. But, you know, I, I don't see tennis, you know, and pickleball competing with each other. You know, we just at Montgomery Tennis Plex converted two indoor year-round tennis courts to six indoor dedicated pickleball-only courts. And we just did that two weeks ago. And it's been a huge hit. It's not interrupting the tennis side. We're still running the same amount of programs over our 10 indoor tennis courts. Nothing is going to be hindered on the tennis side. Nothing's going to be interrupted on the tennis side. And we've got six indoor pickleball courts that's generating more traffic. Clearly, that's generating another source of revenue. And it's, there's more people coming at, to, at Montgomery Tennis Plex than ever before. So, you know, we did that. And we're tennis through and through, you know, that's where we grew up. That's where we knew how to you know, run a business. But we see that pickleball isn't going anywhere. And we see an outlet, a pocket of folks who never were going to be stepping foot at Montgomery Tennis Plex if we did not have pickleball. So that's kind of how that's my, again, vision on how I see tennis and pickleball. Both of them, we want both of them to be successful and grow but I don't see them as competitors, um, especially right now for the junior side. I see, you know, tennis, there's a developmental pathway for tennis. Pickleball is not there yet. So, um, yeah, I love both sports. You know, both of them, we, again, we're running programming in both sports. We've got Tennistopia in both sports. So, you know, I see as both equal when it comes to um, providing services for them. Yeah, it's certainly better for them to, you know, both to be to coexist and be pleasant with each other in terms of the crowds rather than, uh, you know, hate on each other, which you see a lot on Twitter, <laughs> for example, which is why I try to stay off that thing. Um, but so I guess kind of to summarize that, I, I guess it seems like, you know, pickleball, you know, the movement, obviously, there's like less distance and then it's just simply easier to pick up so like people can just sustain rallies because for sure you know when you see beginners go uh tennis players go go on the court and they play you know they'll just like immediately start swinging and whiffing or they'll be right. you know one one two shot rallies and things like that which that is not so fun and i was talking with my uh, friend and uh coach greg from oti about this i mean 
what ways do you think maybe we can make tennis like easier in that realm? Like what about, you know, using like easier balls, things like that, like green balls, red balls, things like that. And then I guess on the flip side of that is, is it that maybe like certain adults would, would be beneath that in a sense too. So yeah, just in general, any ways that we can um, make tennis like easier to start off with. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for the USTA developmental balls for juniors and adults. I mean, you're right. The green dot ball really changes the landscape of a class, you know, especially for those juniors and adults that have that hand-eye coordination that, that are developed there. They just, you know, can't have, like you said, (laughs) more than a two ball rally, a simple, you know, modification of the ball will allow that. And if that's a green up ball, even an orange ball, you know, we do that. You know, we have cardio tennis here and we have a, we use a green up ball because we have all different skill levels for cardio tennis that we need to use a uniform ball where we feel confident a player who's a 2-0 and a player who's a 3-0 can still hit that green up ball. So we're, we use that, you know, now do we use that for other programming? Uh, not yet, but that's a great idea. I mean, I think there's ways to modify the game, you know, again, like no one is going to, you know, my parents aren't going to play competitive pickleball. They're just there for an hour and a half, two hours to break a sweat, have a good time. And they can do that in pickleball because they can rally there. They can't do that in tennis. You're right. Maybe if there's a green dot ball, or some sort of modification on the court for my parents to play tennis there. They might play tennis like that. There's, I, I like that mindset because there is ways to change the, the game of tennis a little bit for at least players that just want to go out there and have fun for an hour or two and break a sweat and hit some balls and play some points where I think tennis should be open to that. You know, I think program providers should look into that. That's a great idea. I actually might start that. It's a genius. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I might do the green dot ball adult class, you know, for, you know, players that are, you know, one five to two O, you know, and just, you know, make it a point play class because you can't do that at that level for a regular ball. So yeah, there's ways to go and, and, you know, do some modifications here and there on, on tennis, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't need to have the developmental tennis pathway for all levels and all ages for tennis you know at the end of the day so if we kind of can veer off for a sector of folks to get them on the tennis court as opposed to maybe a pickleball court you know that's a great idea so yeah i mean it's there's a lot of things that i know usta is doing or trying to do i know usta's you know they're embracing pickleball as well or, or going to embrace it even more which is good at the end of the day i mean i think it's i think you know, there should be no competition, I think. You know, I think the only the only reason why there's competition is because sometimes pickleball players use tennis courts and the blended lines and all that. And and I saw that too at Montgomery Tennis Plex, which is why we decided to just say, Hey, let's nip that in the butt and let's convert two tennis courts into six pickleball courts and to remove that uh potential tension. And I think, you know, I think that's the way it should go. I mean, there's there's so many tennis courts out there that, you know, are not being used that if we can figure out a way to throw some blended lines on there so it could be used, even if it's pickleball, so be it. That's kind of how I see it. So, but yeah, there, I think, I think tennis should modify and I think program providers 
need to look at their programming, look at their numbers and see what what group am I not hitting and yeah. change change the program, train change the curriculum um, to increase the participation numbers in that group. Yeah, I think it's certainly very reasonable, like you said, you know, analyze, like, what are the needs here? And, you know, certainly if the pickleball folks are underserved, they don't have places to play, and, you know, there's courts that aren't being used, of course. I mean, you know, it makes sense to make some sort of adjustment there um, or, or, or build some, some pickleball courts. So, yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. Mark, I, you know, in reading your, your bio and talking to you, are you still involved at all with the city open tournament or was that like previous where like special events and stuff? Yeah. So I, um, a few years after I left college park and I was starting my pros to tennis business, I had an oh. opportunity to accept a position at Lagged air sports, which mm-hmm. was at that time, the sports yeah. agent, the sports management company that managed the city open. And so with head by Donald Dell, Jeff Newman at that time, Keely O'Brien at that time. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I had the most fun those, what, three or four years I was working at Lagadier Sports and dealing with the City Open, you know, 99% of the time, but also we had other sporting events that we went to. And so, again, another mentor, Donald Dell, I, you, the king of uh, tennis business. And so really learned a lot, and he allowed me to continue to, run my pros to you tennis business that was at the young stage at that time and, you know, work at Lagged Air and City Open. So we did, uh, I did do business development and special events at City Open, um, which was awesome. Yeah, I, City Open, I, seeing it grow over the last few years has been great. You know, super excited about this year. I mean, I think it's going to be a great tournament. Uh, I'm not no longer involved uh, with them, mm-hmm. but I am as a as a guest, as a, as a client, as a customer. So we go out there every year and, um, you know, we kind of give tickets away to our board members at our clubs. And I think it's a, it's a fun one week. It's a Super Bowl week for the DC area. I mean, that's it. I mean, this is our, this is our big Super Bowl. And now with the women's event going to be there and pretty much every single or almost every single top player going to be there. It's, I mean, this event, I, I can't, I was thinking, I can't remember any, you know, when it was city open, I can't remember any like bigger event than this year with both the men and women. Um, Lake Mason with Andre Agassi, yeah, back in the day, of course. Yeah, but that's cool. It's been it's been awesome to see city open grow every year. So it's uh it's fun. I love that week. Yeah, that's awesome, Marco. So uh, city open, I can't wait as well. I'm sure we'll both see each other there a lot. I'll try to be there like every day. I love it. Probably take some time off from work for that. I guess since we're on the topic of tennis tournaments, uh, just a quick question. I, I know we're, um, you know, we're in the thick of Wimbledon at this time. Uh, do you got any, any favorites or anything? Have you been watching? <laughs> every, every grand slam. I'm like, ah, I'm liking Francis Tiafo. I'm liking yeah. this. Is it. This is his, this is his time. It might be his time. I'm just saying it. It might be his time. He's got Grigor in the next round. Uh, I think he can pull that off, and then I think he might be playing someone like Djokovic. I'm not sure, but it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. I mean, Djokovic is always uh, the favorite. You know, I it's. I mean, I'm not. I mean, besides Francis in my you know relationship with him at College Park, and you know, me and being a hometown boy, I always root for him. I always check my phone whenever he's playing a random tournament to see how he's doing. 
I'm a Federer fan through and through. I mean, that guy, he was is number one, you know. So he was definitely my 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 uh, my go to when it came to um, watching tennis. So and Adele too, you know. Hopefully he can make you know one last hurrah next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like to watch it, you know, in the back, just watch all the matches, like to you know see a lot of good tennis, and so it's been fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Definitely been some good matches so far. I'm so excited to see how that works out. Marco, so if people want to get in touch with you or follow like what you're doing, like if I don't know if you want to shout out any specific websites or like social media handles or anything, and we'll link to them as well. Yeah, I'm, I think three companies I got, you know, www.tennistopia.com. Tennistopia.com, that is the, there, there's an e-commerce page if anybody wants to go and buy some pickleball paddles or tennis rackets or shoes or balls. Prostou.com, P-R-O-S-T-O-Y-O-U.com. That is our swim and tennis club, tennis program organization and pickleball. And then we also manage Montgomery Tennis Plex uh, in, in Germantown, Maryland. So, Tennistopia.com, Pros2Tennis.com, and MontgomeryTennisplex.com. Go visit those three websites. I have my contact information there if anybody wants to collaborate or just ask any questions about tennis, pickleball programming, or even court resurfacing. Yeah, I'm more than happy to more more than happy to help out wherever you live. That's that's awesome, Marco. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And yeah, just uh, just cool to see, you know, how how many facets of tennis you've been involved in, you know, obviously playing and then uh, teaching and the business side. Um, so very cool stuff, uh, even event stuff. So, um, yeah, I just uh, really appreciate you coming on. I'll uh, let you have the floor now. If there's any last thoughts or comments or anything you have before we close. Yeah, no, it's been awesome being on this podcast. I think, again, I just want to grow the game of tennis. And I think everyone that's listening here is either a fan of tennis or pickleball, and they love to watch tennis. They love to play tennis. Some of them might be coaches that teach tennis. Really, again, make tennis fun. That's the most important thing, again. It's making sure that when you're out on the court teaching a player, junior, adult, beginner, advanced, making it fun, that's it. You know, the game of tennis, there's so many sports out here that we've got to make sure we, you know, differentiate ourselves you know, what is different than tennis as opposed to soccer, basketball, football, you know. And so that that's that's the challenge every day that I, you know, whenever I wake up, what's the next best thing? That's it. It could be the next best racket, the next best paddle to buy for Tennistopia, the next best program to offer. What is the next best thing for growing the game of tennis? So that's that's kind of you know what I live by. That's what we do at prostu.com and MontgomeryTennisplex.com. So it's growing the game of tennis on both facets and wherever we can fit pickleball, we will. So it's it's been fun and I really appreciate being on this podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, Marco. And before I let you go, I'm just curious. You know, I love obviously tennis gear and stuff. Do should we expect like new rackets to be dropping in any? particular part of the season or is it just like does it you know any part of the season do they drop or like any yeah i mean they're they like to they like to drop it right around the u.s open so you'll see a new wilson racket in about a week actually 
And then Yonix is coming out with a racket first week of August. Oh. And Head is coming out with a new speed right around the U.S. Open. So they like to kind of, you know, hit the U.S. Open time. I know Bob Lott's going to come out with a new strike in January around Australian Open. So they're, yeah, be on the lookout over the next few months. There'll be new rackets out here. So come by the Tennistopia store. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll come by to chat with you and uh, take some demos out, I think. I'm, I'm looking at Twitch from a, a 2017 uh, Pure Arrow VS, actually. So It's time. It's, it's time. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So, so yeah. sounds good, man. Uh, well, thanks again, Marco. I really appreciate it and all the stuff you're doing for tennis and uh, probably see you in person pretty soon. So thanks yeah, again. Likewise. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Marco and Padulia. Again, Marco, thanks for coming on the show. And you can check out the links that we mentioned on the show notes page. You can just go to tennisfiles.com slash podcasts or tennisfiles.com slash 311. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time from when this episode is immediately published for that last link to go live, just a heads up, but it'll definitely be up there very soon if it's not already by the time that you check it out. And yeah, definitely check out tennistopia.com, pros to you, and Montgomery Tennisplex as well if you're in the Maryland area for the latter one. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. And uh, if you enjoyed this interview, then I would appreciate it if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts. Uh, we find that Apple Podcasts is simply the biggest driver of, of the show in terms of getting it up the invisibility and up the charts and whatnot. But, uh, you know, reviews in any form are much appreciated. And I do want to leave a, you uh, with a quote by Doris Lessing. And Doris said, that is what learning is. You suddenly understood, or sorry, suddenly understand something you've understood all your life, but in a new way. Definitely great quote there. I can see that applying to uh, my tennis game as well and our tennis games. <laughs> so yeah, really uh, appreciate you listening to this one. I look forward to bringing you new content. Uh, I was just brainstorming the other day on content and came up with a lot of um, great potential guests and and topics for videos and stuff. So I'm really excited to follow through with that. Uh, and also a little tidbit is I had um, put Instagram and Twitter back on my phone for like um, a few weeks. And then the other day I found myself just on it for like 30 minutes in a row. Like I think bet switching between those two apps and it like, I just couldn't believe how the time went by and then I just rage deleted them off my phone again. So I'm glad that happened and uh, now I've been saving a lot of time again. Uh, just, you know, a random tid tidbit in the world of Mirbon, but uh, I do find that figuring out what things are distracting you and then finding ways to eliminate them just can bring so much more time and concentration into your life. So I hope that this one stays permanent for a while. Maybe I'll download it when I go on vacation at some point, which I don't have that planned anytime soon. But um, yeah, I'll have to remember that that time uh, if I ever think about going on it. So anyways, uh, again, <laughs> very random, but yeah, there you go. I hope that helps somebody out there because I'm sure a lot of you are on Instagram and Twitter and whatnot and just wasting time uh, when you could be playing tennis or listening to another episode of the podcast or doing something else more productive. 
All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.